What did I say? I'm just saying I'm Jesse. You just said you're just Jesse. <laughs> I'm just Jesse. Hey, Jesse. <laughs> what a wonderful something. I don't know. Time today. I don't know. People have sang that to me before. There's more to the just than just the Hey Jesse. Oh, I was doing the Disney Channel thing. I know. Song. That's what I'm. That's He's, what it is. It's like Hey Jesse, Hey Jesse, what a wonderful or something. There's more to it. Ah, you are correct. Yes. Yeah. It's Do like I just intro. remember it. <laughs> That'll be the intro. It's just hey, <laughs> that <Jesse>. song. <laughs> We don't have rights to. Nope. These roomies do their research, but they are not experts, so it's best not to hold any fumbles, foibles, or fallacies against them. They're just here to have fun and empty their brains of any occupying thoughts. Why did the blind man fall into the well? Why? Why? Because he couldn't see that well. Oh my god. I was waiting for the joke to just be because he couldn't see. It's like, damn. <laughs> like, but it's like, it was, but yeah. like a little more. There was a pun. There was a right, pun there, exactly, too. exactly. So it made it like less bad? I feel like it would have been like just kind of awful. It's <laughs> just, just like because he was blind. Like, <laughs> Welcome back to Occupied Thoughts. I am your host, Toby. He, him. And I am Miguel. I am Rhonda. She, her. And I am Tulio. And this is Jesse. They, them. And I am Jell. Welcome back to part three of our ADHD series. This will be the last one. Famous last So last. help me. <laughs> so last time in our part two, we focused on uh, diagnosis, talked about the lack of it in AFAB individuals and adults, talked about some common misdiagnoses, um, how to pursue a diagnosis through kind of talking about my journey as well as some other suggestions. Uh, talked about a couple types of tests, self-diagnosis, kind of like the realm of diagnosis or lack thereof that diagnosis. This episode we're going to be focusing, well actually this episode we are going to be kind of dealing with a lot of other stuff. So we're going to talk about some comorbidities. I'm going to talk about some quote unquote fun facts in typical me fashion. In the blog post, I need you to know, I have been saying they're Jesse branded fun facts. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I'm just like, a fun fact. It's just like, is that fun though? It's fun for Jesse and Jesse uh, alone. <laughs> I think it's fun. I'm interested. Jesse branded fun facts. <laughs> exactly. I'm then going to talk about some resources and tips, some fun things like that, some actual fun things, and then go over some like podcasts and TikTokers and other like things in media and just ADHD out in the world. Can I add really quick, when we talked about Jesse Brandon fun facts, I thought of like a fortune cookie that you break open and there's just this really morbid fun fact in there. That'd be so good. <laughs> okay. you're just like, oh, what is it? Oh. I will never be the same again. <laughs> Starting out with comorbidities, um, we are going to be talking about a couple of them. First one that I'd like to talk, talk about because I think it's just really interesting and I think I've mentioned this in a previous episode I'm pretty sure I all I have this like comorbidity with this thing um so OCD obsessive compulsive disorder um it's super interesting to or it's been super interesting to learn that it actually um kind of presents itself differently when it's a comorbidity with like ADHD so it's interesting to see how it um is seen in individuals with ADHD so when you have both uh, so a couple things about OCD. Um, this spectrum covers a collection of disorders and conditions that have genetic underlying uh, traits of obsessionality and compulsivity. Some of these include uh, hoarding disorder, which I think is one that a lot of people don't realize. Like when you really think about it, it makes sense that it's under OCD because people hoard stuff typically as like a compulsion. They're like sometimes obsessed with items or different things. They compulsively collect them and then they can't like give them up. They can't get rid of them. Um, tics, uh, Tourette's disorder, another one that I never would have thought of it, but it's a, um, again, it's like a compulsion or, or something that's not in your control. Um, body focused repetitive behaviors. So this can include stuff like, um, trigger warning, um, skin picking, nail biting, trichotillomania, uh, and then body dysmorphic disorder. One interesting kind of like initial thing, um, recent research has linked hoarding behaviors to poor executive function, um, which is also a core part of ADHD, so it kind of makes sense. Um, my roommates have uh, jokingly and probably seriously called me a hoarder, and um, I'm coming to grips with the fact that, yeah, it's kind of correct. 
trying to um, work on that. So some of the things uh, going further into that, so there's differences in like acquisition between ADHD folks and OCD. So typically ADHD folks acquire material uh, due to a cycle of impulse buying oftentimes. And then in classic OCD, on the other hand, the individuals tend to start or tend to save items, but impulsive behavior is uh, not a problem. So they don't necessarily like impulsively collect their things. They just, you know, they collect them for whatever reason. And then again, it's like the, you become, um, obsessed with them you can't like give them up for different reasons like as soon as you have them in your possession it's just like well what if i need this later well that's actually adhd is the uh is more that what if i need this later Mm -hmm. and you can't get rid of it ocd is uh i know stop (laughs) was that about you or about me (laughs) the look okay it was both I was um, just thinking about all of the trinkets that I have in my room that I have no purpose for, but it's like, oh, but yeah. maybe, but what if? But what Consider. if I need it? Or like, it has sentimental value or, you know, whatever. It's like, you can't get rid of it. All of the little, like, uh, what are they called? The mini brands or whatever? Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's like, I don't need to buy them, but I like opening them. And then as soon as I open them and I see what I have, I'm like, I can't throw them away. I spent money on this. Right. So now I oh, just have a, a big bunch problem of, with like, me. little tiny toys. I have such a hard time getting rid of stuff because I'm like, I spent money on this. I did whatever to get this. Like, it'd be such a waste if I just threw it away or whatever. Even if it's, like, donating is, like, easier for me to get rid of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I donated so much stuff when I, like, moved to this apartment. Mm -hmm. But even then, I still have so much shit. Something that helped me because I have – I also fall in that, like, impulsive buy and Mm -hmm. then, like, but I bought it kind of, like, category. I've gotten better about it. It used to be super bad. But I did the um, Marie Kondo method with, like, yeah. my entire room. Like, everything I owned from the attic, like, all my storage and stuff. Everything. And it really helps, like, because I watched her, I think it's, like, a six-episode little thing mm-hmm. on Netflix. And you really get to understand, like, the process of everything um, and, like, why you're doing the things you're doing. Like, it's a tough process. Like, yeah. sure. But, um it really helps like it helped me get into a good mindset and then like moving forward it's not as hard to do again as mm-hmm. the first time right and my books were the main one because um, I was like there was a time I was collecting manga books just to reach it like numbers like I was right like, I just wanted that big number I'm like oh I have over 200 books and then I was like some of these I haven't even read and yeah. some I don't even want to read I <laughs> so I had to go through them and it was uh, really difficult because it's like I spent money on these. <laughs> I know it was really difficult for me to like because I used to have um, an entire shelf like too deep of like manga so an entire like full bookcase mm-hmm. and I think it's been especially hard because like later on because I did it when I had fallen out of like manga and anime um, so I was like oh, okay I'm not going to read these I'm not as interested in this whatever but then like more recently I got back into it and there's so many books that I got rid of that I'm sad so that kind of thing happening later it makes it so much more harder like so much harder for me in the initial is that a I've been through this cycle of I got rid of this thing Mm -hmm. now I wish I had it like so it's so hard sometimes but I still have to like get over things yeah I definitely I'll put um I'll try and put the link or the resource for the Marie Kondo um Okay, so a couple more things with kind of like hoarding tendencies with OCD and ADHD. There's often an ego dystonic versus ego syntonic. So individuals with ADHD who have hoarding issues tend to be uh, bothered by it. The behavior is often seen as inconsistent and unacceptable to their attitudes and sense of self. So ego dystonic. And then the clutter may also distract the individual with ADHD and even aggravate their symptoms. So it makes you think the table we're at right now, like covered in stuff. And so it's stuff that I've like mostly put here or like a combination, but are largely times like it's me. Like I put stuff on tables and stuff like because uh, if I see it, then I'll do something with it later. Don't always do it. I don't always have time is the issue I run into. But sometimes when I like I'm at this table that's so mess- messy, it can be hard to like work and stuff. And I'm like, it's a, a hell of my own making. But here I am. And then in contrast, individuals uh, with classic OCD spectrum are not as bothered by uh, clutter, like ego syntonic. So like folks who you have those like stereotypic hoarding like houses and stuff, like they just live there and don't realize it's an issue sometimes. Like it's just that's just how it, it's gotten. And it like happens slowly over time. So you don't always like notice it as bad. And then, yeah, like other individuals come in. They're just like, oh, my God, this is terrible. But they just they've become like desensitized to it mm-hmm. most likely. 
motivations are different. AD, um, so what we kind of got into, uh, individuals with ADHD tend to be driven to hold on to items in case they are needed later um, to save some executive bandwidth. Whereas on the OCD side, these individuals tend to be motivated by the idea of not ridding oneself of things. Objects also tend to hold much more uh, sentimental value with um, individuals who have OCD. And then there's a sense of morality and personification items. Typically, uh, individuals with OCD tend to equate throwing things out with wastefulness and thus an attack on their character. And then in most severe cases, individuals also tend to personify objects. Body-focused repetitive behaviors uh, in ADHD versus OCD. Repetitive behavior can start with the distraction the individual is rejecting, like a blemish on the face or an uneven nail. Big issue I have with ADHD and like picking at stuff. There's a sensory nature of these behaviors uh, that can be very appealing for individuals with ADHD and can also provide some stress relief as well as a fidget for focus, which is interesting. Fidgeting with your own body. (laughs) I do that. Um, So in school, I get stress bumps on the back of my head. Mm -hmm. Um, Always have. I've had since like the sixth grade. Um, And so and like uh to fidget in class i would pick scabs off my head and then i would I also do that profusely right but um yeah so i probably have a ton of scars over all over my head <laughs> no yeah i can say i've done that too i've never known them as stress bumps and i don't know if that's what i like have or not but i have i'll get like little scabs little things on my like head every once in a while and yeah i'll always like i'll pick them off like i have to and then um i've had different um I have different things with like sensory stuff like I'll sit there and like I'll make like weird um faces because I'm like doing weird things with my mouth or I'll like sit there and like rub my lip or just different things where I'm like man I'm I got I, I would like notice in class I remember this back in high school I'd be like I sure hope no one's staring at me because I'm probably making the weirdest fucking faces because I'm just sitting there like um rubbing my lip or you know just doing something strange um another one that I do that I've forced myself to stop doing is I used to suck on the corner of my top lip and it's permanently like drawn down now because of it so if like you would have to like know what to look for but you can see like this side of my mouth goes down Mm -hmm. more than this side and it's because I permanently did that to myself right yeah I gotta say I I luckily didn't get to the permanent part but I would like um I told both of y'all off air I would lick the sides of my mouth Mm-hmm. and uh would give my I would like irritate the skin so I'd have a little red and that's where I finally like got myself to stop it because I was so embarrassed by and I felt so so self-conscious that I had these like you know red like like irritations and such from doing it but yeah lots of fun things and then a behavior can also be goal-oriented and uh, coupled with accomplishment like hair pulling which can be reinforcing for people with ADHD which is unfortunate yeah, I'm going to link this article. I uh, Yeah, I'm planning to link this article in the blog post. Um, a couple last-minute things we're talking about the two is if you – so when going through this, if some of these things uh, really resonated with you, you're like, oh, shit, like I've, I've known I had one or the other, but now I think I may have both. Um, it's just kind of important to know that it can – even if you have like – you're like, okay, I'm more OCD. I have a little ADHD or vice versa. It's still good to talk to your like therapist, counselor, psychiatrist, psychologist, et cetera, because um, it can be important to try and address both things when dealing with like medication or um, – uh, therapy or you know working through it just because like you know there are certain things that um, are just they present a little bit differently and so you may um, find yourself like you may have more anxiety because of this you may have um, more tendencies towards like you know depression or or other things because um, of some of the specific ways that this presents with ADHD and OCD so I just think it's important to kind of explore both and talk to um um talk to professionals about like I think I may have both of these let's see if it is beneficial to me to try and address both things with like medication or um or practice next thing I'm gonna delve into a little bit um definitely not as much um I just want to like touch on it but anxiety and depression this is something we talked about last episode is very often comorbid with ADHD um it's important to know that you uh so as I we touched on last time um you may not have one or both of these um oftentimes anxiety and depression can be misdiagnosed um with adhd like thinking that you just have anxiety or depression or both um that you don't have adhd uh, i found as i mentioned ag- again last time i found that um 
I'm pretty sure that my anxiety is largely heightened by my ADHD. Um, I don't think it's just a disorder on its own that I have. And then with my depression, um, it's often, I feel like, a result of my RSD, my rejection-sensitive dysphoria. And uh, it doesn't – I don't have – it's been a long time since I had a really bad depressive episode. It was during COVID-19, and it was largely due to all of the stress. And it was stress that was caused because of my ADHD and not being able to – not having the skills yet and not having the resources to help, like, move through that and work through that. And then in the past, I've had – in general, I've had a lot of issues with my RSD leading to – depressive episodes and just like kind of times in my life that weren't great but again like with all of these comorbidities it can be really important to like not only try and treat your ADHD because it can heighten and add further stressors to these other like potential disorders or symptoms or just like parts of your life and so it's really important to if you think you have an anxiety disorder as well or a depressive disorder it's important to also treat those at the same time as ADHD like I I personally uh I mean I'm not a medical professional I'm not a psychologist or psychiatrist what have you but so maybe they would say something different but I don't feel like it's good to just be like I'm gonna treat just this like first because I feel like they're so they can be so interwoven in my case I felt like it was important to treat ADHD first because I didn't think that I had the other like disorders Mm -hmm. so it's like I want to see if helping or like working on my ADHD helps with the other and so far I I feel like that's the case for me one of the things like the only reason I could think of why they might treat one first and then the other is they might want to see if it actually is the other as well yeah so if you have like really strong adhd symptoms and like only like mild ocd symptoms that might like start treating that adhd and see if it's actually just part of your adhd and not necessarily ocd because as anything in like the mental world it all is connected (laughs) it's all connected it's all related literally connected Yeah, I feel like, yeah, in that case, it'd be like you're like kind of trying to isolate something, mm-hmm. like trying to test for different things by like isolating one Unfortunately, part. Unfortunately, like that's how it just has to be. Sometimes, because, like, yeah. We don't have a magical, you know, formula. Like plug in right. all the things like, oh, yep, this is what you have. It's, you just like plug everything into an Excel spreadsheet and I it gives wish. you a conclusion. It would or, help like, so many people. I, I wish. know. You just like, basically you do an MRI, but it just like tests for all the (laughs) disorders or something like, oh, this person has 63% OCD or something. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what the DSM is like tried to do, but it ended up hurting more than helping. Right. Oh my goodness. If you all have any other um, comorbid disorders or traits that you either have with ADHD or like know of, uh, last ep I talked about... um, bipolar disorder as a um misdiagnosis of ADHD I'm not sure if it's what I actually didn't get a chance or I didn't look into if it's something that is seen as a comorbid with ADHD I kind of got the impression that it's like generally I think you have one or the other I'm not sure if folks will have both but I could be totally wrong because I didn't get a chance to really look that up so if you know please let us know please comment on our um on our blog post or on our blog octopod.wordpress.com or uh, comment on our Instagram post or uh, message us on Twitter or email us. We have an email, octopod at gmail.com. So next section, this is funny. So in my outline, I still had the fun facts. Um, in the actual like notes, I changed them to fast facts because <laughs> I was like, these aren't really fun. <laughs> it's like neither of these are very fun. So fast facts. So RSD, as has been mentioned several times, rejection-sensitive dysphoria. It's an extreme uh, emotional sensitivity and pain triggered by the perception that a person has been rejected or criticized by important people in their life. So that's kind of like the the definition. Um, It may also be triggered by a sense of uh, falling short or failing to meet their own high standards or other expectations. So how that typically has... um, presented itself in me um I it this isn't always triggered by stuff but uh sometimes it can it can tend on like how somebody corrects me or says I did something wrong or whatever but um I've just like I've had plenty of times in the past where I just um I did something wrong and I immediately kind of catastrophize I jump to 
this person thinks I'm dumb. This person thinks I'm incapable. This person doesn't like me, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I've also had times where people just like, for whatever reason, just don't talk to me or like I haven't like interacted with them in a while. And my mind just immediately goes to, oh, they must not like me anymore. They must be trying to distance themselves from me. They don't like me. Um, I've grown up with these uh, like unrealistic and extreme fears that um, my friends and friend groups don't actually like me. They're just too nice to say anything. So they just put up with me and my whatever. Um and I think the biggest thing to realize if you have a friend who you think may have this or they've expressed having this, um, I think a big thing is like, at least for me, and I think this is common with other folks too, but I realize that this is irrational. Um, and with so many rational things, it's just like, yeah, I know, I know it's irrational. Um, my friends and family have told me over and over again that they don't dislike me. They don't, they're not tired of me. They're not whatever. They do love me, but like, it's still my brain being like yeah but what if what if they're and it's it's so proud it's so it's such a fine line or such a a interesting thing because I don't want to be like a they're lying to me because I don't want to like that's not fair to accuse my friends of like lying when they say that they enjoy my company um but yeah it's just a hard thing of that like my brain just is just like hmm but what if what if they don't even know they don't like you what if they don't know that they're lying uh, my favorite is i've tricked them into liking me like i have pulled these people in to think that i'm a good person when really i'm not i know i had that used yeah that used to be um for the longest time uh i've largely I think moved past it but for the longest time I was just like I'm not actually a good person I just am such a people pleaser I'm such a like I want people to like me so much that I have tricked folks into thinking that I am um like actually good that I'm actually a nice person actually whatever um that took a while to kind of like move past to the you know what like I have good intentions I care for people whatever I am a good person I might do stupid things Mm -hmm. I am impulsive and so I don't always sometimes um, I think something and I say it and then afterwards I'm like wow that was shitty to say like I did not actually mean it yeah so fun times with RSD and there is um What's really interesting, I've heard about it, uh, I first learned about it in a podcast, which I'll mention at the end, but I first heard about it there. It's not something that's actually super common in the mental health world. Like so many psychologists and so many people in mental health don't know what it is. And as far as I've been able to tell, it's largely, it largely presents itself in individuals with ADHD. It does not mean that other folks can't have it, but so far I've only really seen it as a um like a major potential for folks with ADHD and not all folks with ADHD have it like for different reasons next kind of like fast fact or part is emotional dysregulation so uh, research shows that many people with ADHD have trouble with emotional regulation so experiencing symptoms such as a uh, low frustration tolerance impulsivity temper outbursts and significant mood fluctuations um this is something that I feel like it's a huge part of ADHD, but I don't always think is, I mean, like when you talk about like criteria for ADHD, I don't think this is always really shown. Actually, I don't think much about like emotions and like that kind of thing is really in criteria or in, I mean, I don't think it's in the DSM-5. I don't think most of the things in the DSM-5 talk about emotions. and makes me want to think that almost might be one of those like, um, yeah, this is a symptom of ADHD, but like, mm, that's actually autism. (laughs) Possibly. But I, but with, I mean, so the thing with also the ADHD is your emotional regulation is in your frontal cortex. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because ADHD is such a, a disorder of your, and I don't know that, I don't know how autism presents in your brain, like in the literal like sense of what parts of your brain are like different or whatever. So I don't know if that's the same, if, if maybe autism is also dealing with the frontal cortex. I'm not sure. But I know with ADHD, because it is such a um, disorder of your frontal cortex, like that's one of the things that's in it. But I know with ADHD, it is a part of ADHD as well. And I know with myself, it's where I see it come into is, um, so personally for myself, this is something that we literally off air just were kind of going over. Um, 
I don't know that I have whatever the disorder is that is um, the hearing thing where certain sounds get Auditory you. Auditory processing disorder no, or uh, there's, the sensitivity to sounds? No, there's a specific word for it where certain noises like bring you like or make you angry. Misophonia. That's it. Misophonia. Yeah. So with misophonia, um, individuals who have that, they will uh, certain like sounds and such will just will bring them extreme like anger like just they'll it'll be painful to them etc and so I don't feel like I I've gone back and forth on thinking I have it it's not something that I experience all the time um but there are moments where like someone is like chewing and I like notice it or there's a certain noise I know growing up one of my cats had really bad sinus like issues and he, of course, loved me, so he had he had to sleep in my room, and we didn't have doors growing up, so I couldn't just close my door to keep him out of my room, and I just had to sleep with headphones in every single night. Otherwise, I could not sleep because I'd be so angry and so upset because I have trouble with emotional regulation sometimes. And then I have such a low frustration tolerance, like, like sometimes, where, like, tiny thing goes wrong and I just want to fucking flip the table and I just want to give up on everything I just get so upset on something that's so small and inconsequential and then like temper outbursts I know I've had those um I try really really hard not to and I've gone to the point of like telling people in my life like if I'm being very quiet and like seem to be in a bad mood please don't please try not to interact with me or whatever and I in the past I haven't known that it was because of this because of ADHD but it's like I will lash out and I don't want to so I'll try and avoid people or I'll try not to talk I've had several arguments with my mom growing up because I'm just like mom I don't want to talk please stop asking me questions please stop (laughs) trying to interact with me like I know my mom and I are one of the ways that we are very different is that she oftentimes doesn't like per se silence like she wants to fill the silence with silence with conversation and sometimes I just really want silence I really just want to not talk and so I don't care if somebody like talks at me but I have too many people in my life that they're talking they can't just talk at me they have to like get me to respond or sometimes if they do talk at me I feel obligated to respond so it takes a certain type of like person I'm comfortable with to them just be able to chatter and I can just like exist and not have to talk or be like yeah uh-huh to show them I'm listening most of the other things that I kind of like got that originally were sort of in like fun facts or fast facts I moved to other areas so those were the really kind of the only two that I wanted to kind of go over um because I felt like they were part of ADHD but again they're not necessarily part of like the diagnosis or the criteria or whatever so they didn't super fit in another area but I wanted to still I felt like they're important Oh, okay. Just kidding. I scrolled down and I do actually have a couple more fun facts. Okay, cool. Okay. Some of these are actually fun too. Echolalia is a, um, a, it's a uh, condition or that's not, it's not a condition. It's like a, it's a thing that exists. Yeah. Sure is. Right. Sure does exist. It's also common in autism. What it is is the repetition or echoing of words or sounds that you hear someone else say. Uh, it is an important step for language development in children. And then, like, later on, individuals with um, autism or ADHD, it's often something that we, like, do. So um, when your cat meows and you meow back at them or when someone – like, me all the time, and I've sort of broken myself of this, but um, I still do it. If someone says something that's funny and I think it's funny, sometimes I'll just repeat it. I'll literally repeat what they just said because I'm just like, I am confirming with you that I thought this was funny. Like, oh, man, that thing you said. Um, And then, like, sometimes, I mean, when there's, like, noises, I'll, like, parrot the noises or just, like, random things. Um, So that's one that's just, like, it's an actual fun fact. It's just, like, that's something that exists and tends to exist in some types of like neurodivergent people not convenient in professional settings that's very true (laughs) i'm just thinking about like asmr and like how like we're uh i saw that face uh well because like they have uh trigger words where it's just like a a word that you say over and over again because it sounds nice and it makes your brain feel good and so i can't watch those and i get angry why because it's repeating the same word over and over again it's just like stop it (laughs) yeah i don't like repeating words either i have a huge issue in um texts and uh papers and such i can't have like a word repeated a bunch of times it upsets me not the exact same thing but it's a similar like not like when i like say a bunch of words that are the same in a row 
because I do that all the time. No, it's the same word in a row. Yeah, I do that all the time. Like what? Well, I like, can't think like, of a oh, I like I usually do it in threes. Like I'll just say a word. Like I'll go cool, cool, cool. Or so I'll, that's like, no, that's, that's not different. The same thing. No, it's yeah. not. No, because that's like a thing, mm. right? I mean, like that's well, for that's one, a it's speech a, pattern. Oh, I just I, well, I do yeah. that with a lot of different words, especially words that make me my mouth feel nice. It's that's not just a weird same. way to say that. You're, but, but you're not going cool, 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 cool. Like then you would be hurt. Okay. Okay. Noted. And I also, I try not to, I try to just kind of gloss over when someone, like, when they're, like, texting me and they use the same word a bunch of times. It's it's more a me thing of I can't do it. Like, I get issues with it. So, and I will bend over backwards. I will look up words. I will do anything I can to keep from using one word. Like, even, I mean, like, for one, this is a... I could tell in your paper. <laughs> Like there was one, I think I brought it up because I was like, I don't quite get it, but like it works. And you're like, it's just because I don't want to use the same word. I'm like, yeah, okay. I mean, I get it. Right. Like, cause like all these stupid paragraphs are starting the exact same way. I have to say it a different way. Yeah. It's so, yep. No, I will, I will bend over backwards. I will go to great lengths to not do that. Okay. So this next part is a, um, it's still a fun fact. It's just an interesting fact and a fun fact and also partly a tip for individuals with ADHD so um anecdotal communication and I can't remember if I said this I've talked about this to my roommates I've talked about it to a couple people but folks with ADHD tend to be anecdotal communicators what that means is it's communicating something through stories that you think of as a way of showing understanding or like relating um to a conversation so someone says um I tripped down the stairs today and you're like oh man I remember a time like last week where I tripped down the stairs like oh and like us with ADHD are thinking like I'm relating to We're this person exactly I'm just like man I've been there too whatever but oftentimes um or like potentially the potential is with neurotypicals or other folks with that ADHD, it's a, wow, this person can't stop talking about themselves. They always have to bring the conversation. They always have to mm-hmm. talk about them. It always has to become about them. It's like, it's like it's no, 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 no. Too. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, it's, it's like, I understand what you're going through. Like, we had a similar experience. The exactly. emotions that you felt, I have also felt. I know what you're going through and I am sympathizing and empathizing and then... It's just, like, yeah. this is how I work as a person. Right. One thing for me, because, like, I have very, I, like, I have no sympathy for people, like, whatsoever. And so, like, that would try to show, like, I, oh, yeah, I'm showing sympathy by, like, you know, relating to the situation. But then I became very aware that this is not how it sounds like. So then I right. just kind of, like, panic. I'm like, that's rough, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. No, I'll have that sometimes, too. Especially, and in certain circumstances where I can't relate to someone mm-hmm. I then am like so with my aromanticism when people would come to me with their issues and their like problems in romantic situations I can't relate and I don't know how to respond mm-hmm. I'm just like I I just like blue screen like no Jesse found XEX what is it EXE yeah, or something E-X-E. no yeah no Jesse found do I don't know no file 404 no 404 no, there we go 404. do that thing from the parent child and just be like and how does that make you feel? Right. <laughs> it just continues sobbing in the background. Literally. <laughs> so with that, something that, uh, again, a podcast I listened to, um, someone, one of the hosts had suggested was, um, wh- so like we communicate anecdotally and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that, but there are certain like, there are ways that you can kind of um, mitigate or bridge I think between like you and and neurotypicals or you and under other individuals and so a suggestion is at the end it's just like some type of question that then brings it back to like the person so you're like okay I said this thing how I'm perceiving like I related like is that what you were talking about is that like similar to you have you had a situation the same like some kind of question that helps them because sometimes and this is a thing Sometimes I find if they're thinking, um, if they don't work anecdotally, then you say your thing and you're like, okay, so the next person's going to do their thing, but that's not how they think. And so then all of a sudden you have this like awkward moment in the conversation. So now we're just like, cool story, bro. Like, so having that, like asking questions to bring it back to the next person can help if you, if you don't have that same type of communication skills. It reminds me, um, kind of like, kind of on topic, kind of not on topic. Mm -hmm. Um, some of the best advice that I got when I was working at Walt Disney World, um, there was a 
uh, position where like you literally just had to stand there and like pr- practically like entertain guests until I like, could send them forward mm-hmm. because it was to keep them from seeing the fast pass line. So if they don't know how many people from fast pass are going through, they're generally a lot happier, right? <laughs> because it is like a two hour long line for a two minute ride. It's not worth it. Don't go to Peter Pan's flight, please. Um, anyway, so I was, like, explaining, like, how I was nervous about, like, being in this position because, mm-hmm. like, I'm not a good conversationalist. I'm like, you're going to put me in here where I just have to entertain these people? Oh, God. Um, but my trainer was, like, people love talking about themselves. Yeah. Ask them questions about themselves. And so, like, I had a go-to of um, little, like, questions, like, for that situation. Mm-hmm. Like, it changes now since I'm not, like, in that position anymore. But <laughs> Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. So when I'm um, stuck in conversations, that's what I'll do. I'll go back to ask things about people because <laughs> they love talking about themselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But don't do it in a creepy way. Like, <laughs> where do you live exactly? <laughs> right? What's How old address? are you? What's your blood type? <laughs> how are do you your organs? Do you have both of your kidneys? <laughs> do you have both of your I love how you were both the same thought. <laughs> both questions about <laughs> organs. <laughs> yeah. Last fun fact of this section is um, just that October is uh, ADHD Awareness Month, which is fun. Okay, next section, we're going to talk about resources and tips. And so any of these um, parts that I talk about, any of these like resources, tips and such, um, just about with the exception of a couple, but most of them I'm going to have like resources. There'll be a part on the actual blog post. So in our um, like show notes, the, the more um there'll be a part it's just like resources and tips with like links and such so feel free to go you know check those out um little buttons that'll have different things so first one I want to talk about is um body doubling something that I um fairly recently learned about what this means is um if you're trying to get something done if you're trying to be productive remain on task whatever like that's really typical with ADHD so just literally having someone present can be really cool so just having someone sitting there they don't have to be helping with you sometimes you don't want them to help with help you with it because like I know for me when I'm like cleaning my stuff cleaning my room when I'm organizing things like that I don't I can't usually have someone help me with it because I don't know what to tell them to do or I don't know how they can help me um and I'm so particular about my space sometimes and if somebody puts something away and I don't know where it was because I didn't put it there then I it no longer exists it's it might as well have thrown it away until later I like open that drawer and I'm like oh a little surprise this thing I forgot I ever had I keep doing that lately because I keep like trying to like I'm trying so hard to tidy up my room and like trying to get rid of Mm. shit because I have all of these little trinkets and I'm just like oh my god I didn't know I had that hello little toy and then you sit down and then you mess with it and then you're not cleaning anymore exactly yeah and that's why like having somebody there can be really nice that like if someone is sitting there and could look over at you at any moment to be like how you doing over there you can't get like distracted or like you have to like try and get yourself not to be because they'll look over and you'll be sitting there playing with like toys and you're like i was supposed to be cleaning oh yeah yeah <laughs> let me just shamefully put this away <laughs> well, that's why my old room never got clean because i lived in a this is gonna sound bad i've probably mentioned it before but i lived in a shed um office space detached from the house and so like every time i like went to clean my room i was no one could see me so like right. i have no one to hold me accountable except for myself yep. and I would be stupid and put something on to play in the background and then all of a sudden I'm sitting watching TV next one um this uh changed my life so non-linear reading also skimming skipping over just whatever when you are reading you don't have to read something in order especially when it is for um, class when it is for academic like purposes you don't have to read it in order oftentimes like even some stories you don't have to read it in order what's easier for our brains to do as folks with ADHD is skimming it over until you find something that interests you like that can be really important so like maybe you do this and then you read in like order because you need to whatever to understand like a story but at least like having the initial like skim through it until you find something that catches your attention and then if it doesn't make sense you have you're going to go back you're going to go back to try and figure out what made sense and you'll whatever um and it might I don't know so I feel like if you explain this and people be like oh that's going to take way longer but like 
it was going to anyway because you're going to read a paragraph and you won't have synthesized a, a single thing and you have to go over and read it mm-hmm. again. So if nothing else, it takes the exact same amount of time that it always takes you to read through passages. You'll just be a, a little less frustrated. Exactly. Like, my brain always jumps to the last paragraph of mm-hmm. the screen or the pay, the book or whatever. Like I will be like, I will start at the top left, but suddenly my brain, my brain's just like, Ooh, what if, what if, mm. but what happens down there? But, like the right <laughs> side of the paper though, like maybe right. the paragraph, like maybe one up from the last one let's look and see what's going on over here and it's like no 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 but like how do we get here and i gotta go back to the first page and like okay or dialogue i will always Mm -hmm. read dialogue first and i'll be like i'm what (laughs) obviously very confused because of like what the hell are you talking about and you gotta get here (laughs) you have to go read back for all the context yeah for sure but i mean one of the things too is like the way our brains work is um like kind of making those connections so if you have that where you like read something you're like well how did you get there and you go back and you fill in that blank I think it helps like stick it in your brain which is so interesting another thing that I will always recommend folks is um so there's a lot of people like a lot of people dog on uh cliff notes spark notes all of those things but those can be super super beneficial to folks with ADHD because like you get that like overview of like okay it doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't still go back and like read the actual thing or skim Mm -hmm. through the actual like like whatever but it can be really really helpful to get that like overview to under to make sure you understand the gist of it and then you go in and kind of feel fill in those details so those are a couple of like random tips when it comes to like reading because like reading comprehension is something that I super struggle with and I'm super struggling in my master's program with so that's just like some tips and tricks of like reading so non-linear reading is big I'm gonna go through some quick essay writing tips because again something that I am struggling a lot with in my current um, master's class and individuals who might still uh, currently be in like high school and college maybe um, struggle with this too but my opinion I think outlines are trash I don't think they necessarily help individuals with ADHD because a good outline is supposed to be something that you can then like put on your paper and like flesh out and that's just I've never been able to make a good outline and so I get into this trap of I can't get started like I can't make the outline that I think is good enough and then I don't start on the paper or whatever so I almost like I almost think do an outline maybe in that you literally like have the the like this is this part this part this part kind of like the paragraphs almost like outlined like in the barest of bones like intro like you literally can write on a paper like intro um, have your three if you're doing like MLA kind of format like have your three body paragraphs things and conclusion but like I don't necessarily recommend putting any type of like details underneath them um, because something that's big is um, write your introduction and conclusion last with individuals with ADHD it's super hard to or so with with writing the paper you're going to write all the paper and you'll have written the introduction first and then all that will have changed just because you'll once you actually start writing the paper, you'll really figure out what you're trying to say and start fleshing that out. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, now I have to rewrite my entire introduction. And I think whether you're not, you have ADHD. I think this is mm-hmm. this is something I've been taught in like English classes in general. Like write your introduction and your conclusion last, because once you've written the rest of the paper, well, you know what you're going to talk about. So it, it makes it just makes mm-hmm. more sense. For me, when I was in school, it would always, like, psych me out if I didn't have something for the introduction. So I just slept on my thesis statement there and then move on from that. Sure. Yeah, totally fair. Because then also your thesis statement kind of helps – or it's supposed to kind of help you, like, figure out, again, what you're going to – yeah, that's when – I think they say, like, thesis statement, then body paragraphs, and then, like, your intro and conclusion. I think that's pretty common when they talk about just, like, in general writing tips. So, yeah, that's a good thing to point out for sure. Another tip with writing um, for folks with ADHD, free writing. So you have like a a topic or a thing and just start like writing. Just start uh, what's in your brain, put it on page. You can go back and reorder it later. That's a big thing and that's something that I've had to work past because of my um, sort of like professionistic Mm -hmm. like tendencies and my like wanting to – any, uh, I want to bring something to completion, even though mm-hmm. I have issues with doing that. Like, my brain has this disconnect of, like, I need to finish it. But yeah. Like, what you were saying about, like, writing out of order and, like, doing whatever. I'm like, no, but I have to do it in order. There's I a know, specific right? order that the paper needs to be done in, and I have to write it in that order or else it's not going to get done. Yeah, but which is not true. No, because of course it, not. And it's like that 
is so difficult for us mm-hmm. to do because we'll get to a point where something hangs up and then you can't move past it. Something that helps me when I do that and I'll be like, and the result, like the resolution of the sentence goes here and yeah. then I'll keep going, but I'll like right? bold it or something. Exactly. So like, I don't turn it in that way by accident. No, I'm, no, I'm just literally thinking about like the fan fictions that I've promised everybody <laughs> on the server that I've been writing. I have them. I have like four or five that are like partially written and mm-hmm. I'm just stuck on every single one because I can't do the thing where I'm like, we're going to do something here and then I can just go to the next paragraph that I know what's going to happen and I come back and, you know. I mean, like, what I was talking about works too. Just, like, put in bold, something happens here and then move Mm -hmm. on. But I can't do that. No, but (laughs) have you tried it? I would say, yeah, like, in your brain, it's like a, I have finished this. Like, telling yourself, like, you do that sentence and you're like, that is ended. Mm -hmm. I have finished this. You keep going. I don't know if I can trick my brain that way, though. Yeah, it's... You have to try it, though. I would say, it's something that it's a, do it. So what I would recommend, and this is, like, giving tips and, like, resources like in time i recommend doing it on um non-important things start practicing it when it's not a fan fiction that is for someone when it is not something when it's just something for fun mm-hmm. like try just like write well something technically for fun. they're all for fun they're no, just but, all things that they promised to write but that's the thing you've put that pressure on yourself it is something that you're like i want to do this for this person so if you don't do it or whatever it becomes a a feedback loop of wow i'm such a shitty friend i'm such even though it's something that you didn't have to agree to it's not something that you have to do or whatever it's just that pressure you put on yourself so start doing it with something that does not have that pressure just like try it on like i'm gonna write this random i'm gonna write notes for an episode you know that kind of thing of like write it on something that you haven't told us that i want to write this or you're it's not like a don't give yourself like the pressure yet of like i'm doing it for this episode this time it's like a let me see if i could just like write some notes or write a little like blurb about something and then yeah like starting with something that's that's not big you know so that's what i would suggest of um low stakes like Mm -hmm. starting with low stakes and then like using that to kind of work yourself up to other things that you have higher expectations or higher stakes on Mm -hmm. it also can be as detailed or simplified as you need it to be because it could be and then something happens like that isn't it or it be and then something happens which results in this and the characters feel this true yeah it can be kind of an outline kind of bare bone that sentence right Speaking of outlines, though, I have never in my life been able to write an outline, and I don't know how people write outlines. I don't Same. understand how you, you can comprehend. Like, I, I read your outlines for the notes or whatever. I I see it. I read it. I don't know how you got that. Like, where did they come from? How did you, like, get, like, the main topics of what you wanted to talk about, like, boiled down to, like, a sentence? Like, I know. It's mind-boggling. Uh, what I do which we're getting very off topic here, but what I do, this is now an English lesson, (laughs) a literature lesson. Um, I write down every single thing I want to talk about or maybe think I want to talk about. And then as I'm doing my research, I'll go back and put in uh, bullet points under each of those things. Like this correlates to this, this correlates to that, like in very detailed notes, like exactly what Mm -hmm. I want. Um, If something shows up that's not in one of those points, I'll make a new bullet point and go from there. Once I have all of that done, I will look at what I have and find the most cohesive way it flows and then put it in order that way. Yeah, it goes with the – and something that I didn't finish the thought of. So free writing oftentimes, like you just write stuff and then you just take it and you like – put it in a, a cohesive order later so, yeah, so i guess i about. rewrite my outlines and then use yeah. the outline to write my structured thing right no exactly like that's what i do too is yeah i just start like what i think of what i think is interesting whatever and then yeah i start grouping stuff i start doing and then i start flushing stuff out my main thing is like if i don't get it out of my head before i start research it's going to be forgotten absolutely so i have to get it all on paper and then i have a reference point and so I can go back and look at, oh, I don't have anything for this. I need to do more research. Or like, oh, I don't have anything for this. It doesn't really fit. I can get rid of it. Exactly. Yeah. Like this isn't, this is an interesting thing. Or maybe you have like a section that's just like, here are some of the interesting things that didn't fit someplace else. I'm just going to touch on them real quick. Uh, another tip. I don't know if you have this on your list. Um, ask your teachers if you need oh, help. True. Most teachers will help you. <laughs> and she said it aggressively because <laughs> I've had a lot of issues with my current professor not helping me. But most good teachers worth their grain and salt. <laughs> And they're also a good teacher. If they don't know, they will send you where to find out. (laughs) That was really Mm. nice in my department because there was only like four teachers. And they're like, Mm. I don't know that much. That's not like my specialty. But uh, Odsley does. And so they would send me down the hall. And then I could be like, hey, help. And they'd be like, cool, I can help. Got you. (laughs) He would never say that. But (laughs) A couple general tips for work and school. Kind of going off of what Rhonda just talked about. um, 
trying to do your best to like communicate like your clear need of like written and verbal directions is a big one um it can be really difficult for folks with ADHD to remember like a long list of instructions so uh it can be good to if you are given a long list either like writing notes or asking someone like hey if you want me to do all these things in this order can you please write that down for me like write clear instructions it can be really hard for folks with ADHD to interpret vague instructions um because it's difficult for us to break down large tasks and so if you're just like uh this like well, I, in the example of my paper, when I had a rubric where it's like um, excellently written like introduction, like uh, discusses the social context of the institution. I mean, like these things that are like so vague that I guess my teacher, because I think he's neurotypical, thinks that that tells me what I'm supposed to write. And I'm like, it sure doesn't. I don't know what you want. I don't know what this means. I like my brain cannot interpret a sentence as instructions on how mm-hmm. to write something you know like I that's not how my brain works and so I have to then like go in and ask him like please spell this out for me I don't get it I mm-hmm. don't know what to write the amount of times I've had that happen to me with like English teachers growing yeah. up my like to the point where my dad would have to sit down and like somehow parse it too because he also was confused with how it was <laughs> phrased and he's just like all right, uh, I'm the adult here. I will do my best to yeah, parse this for you. This. <laughs> like, ugh, but I'm fortunate that my dad was all a teacher growing up. Right. I mean, he's a history teacher, but like, you know. Still, there's some things that are, are similar, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's things that like are similar across just like education. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So just like communicating with um, like a job or with teachers, with like people that you live with, trying to communicate that like, I have trouble breaking down large tasks, so I need um, them to be, you know, kind of like more detailed as much as you can, like what you want from me. And then um, like clear and like written instructions are oftentimes really helpful. Um, Another thing, scheduled breaks are a big one with ADHD because it can be hard for us to um, like focus on one task for a long amount of time. There is the, um, so the tomato method uh, is how it's, I think, commonly or like that's how it's um presented Translated. right that's it's oh it wait. literally means tomato method. oh that's so wild it so it's italian i believe it's ha- t- I think tomato so. and tomato italian so it's the pomodoro uh technique so first thing first step is like choosing the task what you want to do then next step is uh, set a timer for 25 minutes then um work on the task until the timer beeps take a short break of three to five minutes and then repeat the cycle four times and then take a longer break after four sessions and then you like complete the the technique again or the cycle again fun fact why it's actually called the tomato method is because its timer looked like a tomato oh true that's the only reason why it's called the tomato method that makes sense because yeah very um historically or whatever you have those little like tomatoes that you'd have in the kitchen that were Mm -hmm. little timers so that'll be in our um our Instagram post and on our blog will be a little kind of like breakdown. Um, and at least one of them will be, will have a little tomato picture. I might do a couple then. And then like the last thing I just wanted to say is something that I recently heard on a podcast. Um, Katie and Eric's infinite quest. This is specifically said by Hey Good, which is somebody I'll talk about a little bit later and like the fun people to like look at or listen to. Um, just like some general advice that he had given, he's given a couple times, which I think was really important to to start trying to synthesize was give yourself permission to do things poorly. And that can be so hard for folks with ADHD. And I think mm-hmm. folks with autism or different like neurodiversities, if something is worth doing, if it is important to do, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. Getting it done can be important and you can't always do it perfectly. Like that's not always possible. But if it's so important that it has to get done, it can be important enough to just like do it and do it bad. I know it's so it's hard. I know like Rhonda's like I think this is bringing her physical pain. But it's <laughs> this is something my therapist and I are actually working on. Yeah, but it, it's to hard. The point with my perfectionism that is like crippling. Like yeah. I can't do anything. Oh yeah, but yeah, that's just been something that. Um, thinking it hearing it the first time too I'm just like no I can't (laughs) but it's also like I mean sometimes it I have to I've done this in the past where I'm just like I finally get to that point of being so stressed or so whatever that I'm like fuck it and I just do it 
but like wouldn't it be better if I did that the first time I know I'm gonna get to that point eventually I know if I just stop if I don't do it if I keep putting it off I'm eventually gonna get to that point I don't think I like explained that very well so definitely go listen to Katie and Eric's infinite quest because I feel like uh Eric explains it a lot better still I want to say you like simultaneously blew my mind and also caused me immense amount of pain <laughs> Woo! that's what I'm here for if you all have any other resources tips suggestions um, I would absolutely personally this is one where like we mean it every time when we're like please tell them to us send this to us ever but especially this one if you have resources tips please share them with us um, because I am always looking for new tips for myself and for different situations um, so especially if you have any like tips tricks hacks for academic work essays classes tests whatever please share those would love that or like tips for helping with like memory remembering stuff things like that next part just gonna do some uh go over some like social media like outlets fun folks that you can go support as well get more info from so just like fun resources first off uh tiktok so there's a couple of tiktokers i really enjoy um these are not all the tiktokers and i haven't been able to really do a lot of like deep dive into like ADHD TikTok but like these will be a couple to get you started and that opens up the algorithm to other parts of ADHD TikTok. Katie Soros is a really cool TikToker so I mentioned Katie and Eric's Infinite Quest so Katie Soros is half of that podcast the other half is Hey Good who's Eric Good so both of them on TikTok there's also ADH Adult is their moniker <laughs> in on tiktok they're also really cool they're from canada i'm pretty sure so those are a couple of tiktokers that i've been able to like find and really enjoy in tiktok and they talk uh and i i mentioned them there's a lot of tiktokers that i follow that have adhd but those are specifically some tiktokers that talk about adhd living with adhd tips tricks resources um katie source is really cool if you are an allosexual person um because she talks a lot about uh kink when it relates to adhd and just like sex with adhd because there's that's a whole other thing i could talk about but i decided not to because i don't have the experience with it but like adhd um affects your sex can affect your sexuality a lot and your relationship with sex and how like you interact with people in that way some podcasts that i recommend um i'm looking for more podcasts so please share them if you find them but as I mentioned before, Katie and Eric's Infinite Quest, really cool podcast that I found because I first found Katieosaurus on TikTok and then realized she had a podcast. And that's how I found that's how I found Hey Good because he was the other half of that podcast. And then the other one, this is one of the things that kind of like kickstarted me into really like actively trying to get a diagnosis and actively learning about ADHD called ADHD for smart ass women because I started to learn that ADHD looks very different oftentimes in AFAB individuals I was finally like well let me actually do some research and digging into how does it appear in women and AFAB folks like how does that present itself and that's how I found her podcast and she was super super helpful something that I'll mention is that she is a lot older she's in her 40s I think or like maybe 50s that she's at least in her 40s so I've gotten to the place where like I really loved her in the beginning but I've gotten into the place where I almost like can't listen to that because it's such an older voice than me even though I'm not that far from 40 which is wild but um I started listening to Katie and Eric because it's a lot like younger voice that is more kind of relatable to me so that's kind of an interesting like dynamics and like generations my mom listens and loves Tracy Mazuka with ADHD for smart, uh, smart ass women because she relates so well to her because they are a lot closer in age. And so it's just kind of interesting. Other cool things, other sources of like media and such. Uh, we mentioned this in the first one. I think I may have referenced stuff in it in, pre in like last episode too, but ADD Ditude, Attitude Magazine is a really cool resource. They have stuff online, like they have an online base as well as I think they actually have like physical magazines you can get. But that's where the very first episode I talked about the just kind of like the fun list of things that people said, like you have ADHD if or like you notice whatever. Those are some of the types of media and stuff that I've like learned about and like uh, know and enjoy so far. So if you um, know of any others, as we said, please let us know. Alrighty, so as we mentioned before, um, ways that you can support us, uh, octopod.wordpress.com. We have blog posts every week with our episodes. It has more of the resources, um, the sources that we used, just kind of like any other like supplemental information or pictures or whatever that we had with the episode. So please check that out and feel free to comment on things that you enjoyed or suggestions or if you wanted to like answer some of the questions that we ask, whatever, please go and comment on there. We also have our um, Insta and Twitter, 
um, at Octopod on those places. So you can go with Insta, look at the like pictures that we post in relation to our episodes, um, and just like some of those like fun like memes or things that we've made. Uh, shout out to Ryan Reynolds working at Canes long, <laughs> long time back. We need to make some more memes. We need to add some more memes to our Instagram. I showed fun. that at work and they thought it was really funny. <laughs> pretty sure you said that exact same thing last time i, did, I mentioned I did, this i did i did it was it's I, I think about it a lot it was a very good image think about it at least once a day you're welcome good work Rhonda. thank you very much thank you for your contributions to our podcast and our lives our well-being feeding us those good good memes um please rate and subscribe to us on apple podcasts follow us on spotify follow like subscribe whatever to any other places you can for us to show that you support and like us um share us with your friends if you think that they that they will enjoy some of the topics that we talk about um and yeah we hope that you have enjoyed our first little mini series we'll see if we do any others in the mm-hmm. near-ish future or if it's only ever my episodes we'll see. <laughs> i do want to say i'm very proud of you for actually getting this to three episodes and not four like i thought you were going to i was so sure we were gonna have to stop at one point and be like no again we have to jesse please nope instead i just like powered through and we still have almost two hours of recording and we'll see how i fit that out into 55 minutes at least or a little over an well, hour there there were quite a few moments where we stopped yeah did we we lost some footage by the way that's why you came back out to me still talking about body doubling so i had to re-talk about it Um, unfortunately we will not get to keep our organs the very first part of it but it it cut off during it right when we were like talking more about organs all right Rhonda, give us a joke so ready shout out to my grandma that's the only way she can hear Oh, man. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Also, shout out to Toby. That's the only way you can hear. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us, everyone, and see you next Tuesday. Bye. Occupied Thoughts is brought to you by Jesse Schaff, Rhonda W., and Tobias Collins, and produced by Jesse Schaff. Our intro was the alluring Elizabeth Cobb. Featured music is Bitchin' by Kaiju Chaos. Find more on SoundCloud or TikTok. That's K-A-I-J-U Chaos. One more info on the show? Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Octopod or reach out to us via email octopod at gmail.com. That's O-C-T-H-O-P-O-D. See you next time.